Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to No Idea Original Sports. We're back again. I'm here with Kareem and Theo. How y'all doing today? Doing good, big bro. Yeah, doing good. Doing good. So we had we had a real busy week with the basketball as far as draft, free agency movement, the signings. Real busy this week. But before we get to that, I want to start off with like some of the other sports because basketball is going to take a good amount of, amount of time this week. So. When I, when I look at it, listen, I think this week about, you know, just again, going back to the Jets, man. Whatever. The, the Jets, listen, Sam Donald, I thought that this was going to be a big week from him. I was watching all the sports thing, and they were saying that the Jets are playing, um, they were playing the Chargers, and they were playing Miami. So you got to see him play against Herbert and Tua. And they, what's they, they thought this would be a good defining one for him, but of course, Donald didn't play, man, so... What do you guys think? You know, think of that as far as Darno and these other quarterbacks, these young guys and stuff. I think it's a it's a little disappointing. Like you said, I kind of was looking forward to the matchup. I wanted to see Darnold play. Um, I understand. I guess he has still a lingering shoulder injury, but yeah. At the same time, I wanted to see him out there. I think uh, for him, he he still has a lot to prove, Darnold, because I think especially with the, the draft looming, right? You hear the rumors. So I think this could be his, his last go around with the Jets unless he, he shows some some serious improvement over the next uh, few weeks to end the season. So slightly disappointed, but at the same time, if he's injured, he's injured. I guess not much you can do. Uh, I like Sam Darnold for what I've seen. <clears throat> you show flashes here and there, but at the end of the day, Roth of the Jets team, the Roth set right now is not really that good or talented. So I mean, asking a young kid to do a lot, do a lot on, on the field, no, no help, you know, no offensive line, no, no weapons. Uh, head coach, I guess, is not really that good himself. I guess corner plays or being coach himself. So well, I guess in the right team, my uh, aspect of a team, Donald probably do good. But Donald on, on, on the Bears right now, you never know. You know question: Play better in the Bears than he played with the Jets. I, th- I think you're right. I think he probably will play better with the best. The only thing that's that's interesting is that the last couple of weeks with him out, Joe Flacco's actually been able to throw the ball somewhat. I, I, some of it seems like it might actually be the play calling because for some reason with Donald, they want to throw these five-yard and ten-yard passes. But when Flacco's in, they seem like they have no problem with airing it out. So I don't I – don't, I don't know if Dono might have a better opportunity if they let him try to throw the ball down the field or push the ball down the field, too. When you look at, yeah, like you mentioned, this uh, past game, uh, Mims, right, caught a couple of those deep balls. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, how much of that is Darnold or the coaching staff not being comfortable with Donald, or how much of it is, is, uh, is just – Players for whatever reason can't seem to get separation when he's in the game. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, but yeah, you're right. It seems like uh, when Donald isn't in the game, they seem to air that ball out a little more. You know, uh, you know it remains to be seen for Donald. As we all know right now, but as right now, I wouldn't give up on him. But like I said, I mean, just get them one draft pick and they draft for Trevor Trevor Lawrence. It'll be the same situation, honestly. We got a good amount of kids the right way. You see that right now, the Jets not, not doing a good job of, I guess, rebuilding the team as a whole right now. So, no matter who's their quarterback, and the team, I guess, build the right way. It doesn't matter who you have a quarterback. Yeah, I think I think they got a kind of clean house. I think next year, 
it'll probably be, you know, unfortunately, Darnell will probably take a lot of the brunt of it. But I think the coaches will be gone. I think there'll be other players gone because, I mean, I, I would say I like Mims and I like Crowder and Perriman. I think the receivers are okay. I don't, like you said, I mean, the new kid they drafted, Beckton, is pretty good offensive line. I don't know about any of the rest of those guys. And even on defense, I mean, we got Quentin Williams, Marcus May. I mean, it's not a lot of, the roster just doesn't have a lot of talent. I mean, for me, if I would fire, I would fire, I would already fire Gates, but. Yes, I would too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they might try to, I would give somebody else a shot. I, what I hate to see is you ever see the teams where they fire the coach and then they want to interview the assistant coach. I mean, if you just fire the guy now, you could probably see what Greg Williams or whoever you want to see can do now, as opposed to interviewing them, possibly giving them a job only to be just as bad. So, what I don't want to see is is the Jets. Uh, like you said, they they end up firing Gase. I I personally think. Let me just backtrack. I personally think they need to clean house and, and get rid of the the GM and everybody. To be honest with you, I would hate to see them. Uh, like pull a Knicks, right? And allow Phil Jackson to make that pick of Frank Nilakina. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, Phil Jackson is out. Mm-hmm. I would hate to see the Jets repeat a similar mistake in allowing this current management team to make another draft pick. Um, and then next thing you know, they're out. Even though I think it's kind of difficult if they do get that number one pick to mess this one up, because I think they have to go with Lawrence. But I, like you said, uh, the uh, you get Lawrence in there. I, I think he's better than Donald, in my opinion, but at the same time, I don't know uh, if that drastically improves the team unless they get some weapons around them. They got to get some playmakers on, on that on that offense. So guys, at this point in the season, we've seen, well, well, you know, with COVID and everything, the team numbers are not exactly the same, but most teams seem to have played about 10 games was it, who do we think right now is a serious contender for, for the Super Bowl? And who do we say is already basically, besides the Jets, we already know, basically out? Okay, Ray. Uh, for me, it's always uh, Kansas City. You got to put them in there. It's a couple of teams. You got Kansas City. You got um, the Steelers still being undefeated, right? So they're a tough team. It's, I can see them easily being in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not quite sure, though. Um, there's a lot of good teams this year. I think from from the last time we talked, I remember, and Theo did say this, it's true. It, it seems like to me, Seattle took a step backwards, it looks like. Yeah. They're not exactly. the team that they were. Arizona was in Arizona, I guess they're kind of where they're at. The Rams look like they're playing a little better. Um,. Which if I think Green Bay's playing better. To me it seems like the AFC it seems like the AFC has a lot of good teams though. Yeah. Like you got a lot of good teams in the AFC from Kansas City. I mean you got teams like the Raiders playing well, you got the Steelers, you got the Bills. You got a lot of a lot of teams playing well in the AFC. The NFC I don't I mean, the NFC East, I mean, if it wasn't for the rules, I couldn't even see how they could have a team in the playoffs. Hmm. We well, got the Saints, too, as well. They're playing pretty good. The Saints, even though Drew Brees got hurt, so he went today. Yeah. So I think they went today, the Saints? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Right, right. Yeah. Right, so 
that's coaching and talent with the Saints. Like the Saints have coaching, have talent, so they're always going to be in the games. And they play always come with good, good uh, play schemes, no matter what they play. So Seattle, the Saints will be there in the middle of the, uh, you know, chipped uh, conversation, so to speak, I would say. Um, so with Baltimore, man, I feel about talk about Baltimore. I don't know about them. Now I'm kind of. So I would say, uh, you go, you go the bandwagon, so to speak. You know, like the guys usually play good with three tight end offset offense. Right now, they have two tight end offsets right now because um, they got hurt. So they're playing kind of slick right now, like I say. So right now, I'm not, I'm not too uh, a big fan of the Ravens. How are they playing right now? They, they had a tough loss today to Tennessee in overtime. I think that's another team. Tennessee seems to be, you know, coming back around, playing well right now. Like you said, the AFC seems to have uh, like more the, the powerhouse type of teams. A lot of the NFC teams are struggling at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the East, I'd say Green Bay and Saints, and uh, maybe Buccaneers, of course. Look at the Buccaneers. Yeah. You know, they, they always play to level their competition. The Buccaneers seem like, you know, they play the Jets, they, they're struggling. And they play, you know, the Saints, they, 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 they're rocking and rolling, you know, so to speak. So. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point with them. They seem seem to, like you said, play to the, the level of the competition. So who do we have in the MVP conversation now? Because it's definitely different from the last time we, talk, we talked about it. Some guys been tanked out completely. So Yeah, I think before, uh, one of the guys I had up there was uh, Wilson. But yeah. I think he's kind of over the last few weeks taking a step back. And so has obviously the Seattle right along with them. Yeah. I still got Mahomes as my favorite. Um, as much as I uh, hate to say it, the guy—well, I even hate to say it—but the guy just seems to be uh, like ahead of everybody else, in my opinion. Um, so I, I still got Mahomes. I would say maybe Rogers is up there. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Rogers is probably somewhere at the top. You throw in a couple of defensive guys, maybe even a Miles Garrett. Um, he's up there. Yeah, it's usually hard for them to pick a, a you know a defensive guys MVP. I would say, but Miles Garrett, I would say, is up there. But I gotta personally go with Mahomes again. Yeah. So far, I agree. I, I, I got a, a for me. It's a QB race between Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson. But we get Kyler Murray too as well. I never know. He's yeah. working for to be played, so That's he's just true. behind everybody, man. He's playing well. And uh Tom Brady, of course, he's a hippie there, so in the mix as well. And if Buffalo will get himself together, maybe um the part of Buffalo has name right now, Buffalo quarterback, he's playing pretty well. Kind of be a dark horse though, but my top three will be uh Mahomes one and uh Wilson two right now. But for weeks ago I had uh, Russell Wilson one, for sure. Yeah. If Minnesota wasn't playing so bad, Dalvin Cook might have a chance because he's nice. leading the league in um, rushing and touchdowns. But Minnesota, they took another tough loss again today to the Cowboys. I'm sure yeah. you know that deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was oh, we kind of contained Dalvin Cook a little bit, you know, so to speak. Kind of contained him. Yeah. Trying to, try to uh, cut his beat up with the passing, which works. So. Yeah. But like you said, he's having a great year. Yeah, he could. He would have a shot. Uh, you know, Henry all the time. He's always. Up yeah, there. he's a beast. Yeah. Man, and, and I think, like you say, you know, you always got to put the Rogers, Brady. Those guys are always in there. And I mm-hmm. think Breeze might have been up there too. Had he wouldn't have got, you know, got hurt. Yeah, he'd be in the mix. 
even um, Aaron Donald's got a good shot, too, if you're going to go with a defensive guy. Yeah, he's having a big year. Yeah. yeah. Still one, too. So, MVP to the rookie of the year, I mean, I think we might have seen the rookie of the year today. It might be Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, I think he got six interceptions and 25 touchdown passes now. Yeah, the guy is impressive. And he he didn't didn't start all the games either. I think Taylor started one. He started all the breath. Yeah, I I can't go against that. That's good. I can't go against that. Right now, it's definitely Herbert for sure. He's he's uh, he's born out like he's born out his mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the beginning there was when uh, Taylor went down. Right. I think he had the the doctor accidentally punctured his lung or something like that. Yeah. And when that happened, there was some controversy about Taylor losing his job to something like that. But now it seems uh, seems justified. You know, at the time we wouldn't know that Herbert would turn out like this, but the guy is he he's tough. Yeah, he is. He is. I remember watching. They were on Hard Knocks, and I was watching them, and it seemed like you know, just from watching it, that uh, he was he had a pretty strong arm and could pretty much throw the ball. It's it's always hard, like I guess, to transition away from a guy that you know that's done all he could for the team and worked out for the team like the way Taylor did. But I, I'm sure from the perspective of like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they probably prefer to have Herbert out there. Plus, I think I've seen a stat today where Herbert was, uh, he's either first or tied for first, I think, in, in uh, like 50-yard passes. So that guy, he, he slings the ball. Sometimes it seems a, like a little reckless, uh, but I like that he throws that ball downfield. Yeah. yeah he definitely puts it downfield. So right, do, right now, do we think the do you think the Steelers got a chance at an undefeated season? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I do not like Pittsburgh. <laughs> I do not like Pittsburgh. I give him credit. He's playing great. He's a top tier team, obviously. He made credit, no hate over here. But I hope not. Even if they do go sixteen and zero, just losing the playoffs. So, I'm yeah. not with that. I hope not for a different reason. I hope not mostly for the the jinx factor. You know, I I think by going 16 and all, it's going to add that extra pressure on them. I'm not really a Steelers fan. I'm mostly a Jets fan. But the Steelers, if they want to make a playoff push, I I think it would be in their best interest to maybe get one of those losses under their belt and then try to grow from it instead of going in with the, oh, we got to, you know, play perfect to complete the perfect season. Uh, so I think they they need to lose a game or two and, bounce, and try to bounce back from it. Get the loss out of your system early. Um, from, from what I see, they look like they have, they got they got some games that they'll probably definitely win. I mean, you got the Bengals in there and you got the Washington football team. So yeah, that's automatically, at least to me, 12 wins. But you still got the Ravens, the Bills, the Colts, and the Browns, so they got some some games they could lose, right? And there's something. I mean, that's that's still not you know it's not an easy schedule down down the road, and some of those games will be meaningful. Like the last two games they played against the Colts and the Browns, so those games might actually be meaningful for teams to get in the playoffs. Because right now the Browns are the outside looking in, and the Colts, I believe, was in the Colts. The Colts, I think, lost today, so they should be tied with Tennessee. So. 
these games will be meaningful to them down the end, so they'll be playing hard. Yeah, they they played a lot. Of, they played a lot of close games so far this year. You know, they played all the games were kind of close. But uh, you know, it's hard to want to say give away give away a game in football. You know, but sometimes momentum swings the wrong way in football, unlike unlike other sports. So, and football, outside baseball and basketball, I try to try to win every game if you can. So be it. You know. Yeah, the Colts at the moment I'm looking at is seven and three, so they're definitely not a pushover team. Right. Like you said, they come close to the playoffs a few more weeks. They may be one of those fringe playoff teams, not so much a lock to get in. So those guys are gonna be gonna be looking to compete. The only thing I would say with uh another thing with the Steelers on their end is uh Rothlisberger's health, right? That's always a big question mark. So what happens with him? Mm-hmm. You know. Good point, Ray. Good point. I don't. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but did you hear about that thing where the Raiders supposedly bus drove around the stadium celebrating the cup, celebrating when they beat Kansas City? There's something in that that Kansas City was a little upset about that. Did you hear about that one? Nah, I mean, I think that rematch is going to be a lot more interesting because of that. But yeah, that, I think. Uh, Celebrating because you beat a team, celebrating like it's the Super Bowl. I don't know uh, how good that makes your your organization look. Um, but yeah, it definitely adds for for uh, um, some excitement for the rematch. Yeah, I, I heard uh, Gruden talk about that at a press conference. Uh, he basically said what happened was uh, it was a KC bus driver who was talking to the players, saying that um, you know, Chiefs are still a better team. So I guess uh, to get him back, he made a guy drive around the stadium once or twice. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what really happened. To his word, Gruden said, you know, it was really the bus driver who was, you know, teasing him about them winning the game and saying two still better. So he said, all right, cool. Set your bus driver, do us a favor, man. Never around twice around the stadium before we go to the hotel room. <laughs> that's, what, that, that's what happens to Gruden said, obviously. Yeah. That's that's gonna be an interesting game, listen. I think I think this the this rematch, so we'll see how a lot of go. That'll be something to talk about. So now let's talk about the listen the, the, the big deal this week has been the NBA. And we've got the draft, we got we got trades, we got free agency. First, how do how do y'all think the draft went? Listen, is there anybody that clearly won? Some teams that clearly lost, do you believe, in the draft? Uh, for me, my like my big winner, being a Knicks fan, I'm happy to say I think we we kind of won the draft. At least one of the teams that won the draft with with uh, Toppin slipping to us at number eight. Just going into it, there was rumors that we were trying to slide up to number five uh, to pick him there. But for him to to slip to us at eight, then I think we made some moves on the back end of the draft, some trades, and we end up snatching up quickly. People questioned that and said it was a bit of a reach because he was projecting on a lot of mock drafts. It's like an early second rounder, but quickly, given that the the Knicks are uh, last season was what 29th, I think, in the league in, in three point shooting, and quickly is one of the best uh, shooters. Uh, I don't think it's bad for us to reach for a guy like that at 25. So I, I consider him a, a big pickup for us as well. So I, I would say the Knicks uh, was definitely a big winner. One of the uh, big losers to me was probably the Bulls. I didn't have Patrick Williams being that high. I'm not gonna say the guy is, is gonna be a bust, 
Um, he definitely has some skill, but I, I personally wouldn't have taken him at, at uh, what, what did they pick him number four, I think, yeah. William? So mm, yes. I would say for me, the Bulls were probably one of the losers of the draft just because they took uh, Williams, I think, a little too high, in my opinion. Yeah, we might be with you about the Knicks, man. I like the Knicks with the draft as well. Those, those of us who follow college ball know that quickly could play basketball. The kid was a, a starting point guard from Kentucky as a freshman in the first conference in the world. So the kid could play, he could shoot. And uh, outside of the Knicks, I like the Spurs picking up Devin Vassell from Florida State. I always been a big fan of his. He might be a, a small version of Kawhi. He can shoot, he can defend, he can play the two to three. The rebound, a very good shooter, creates his own shot. He also was a target for the Knicks before they uh, had all these on his lap as well. And uh, as far as the other number, number I probably like, uh, I like Halliburton. He's not flashy, he's just an old school kind of guy who just makes plays, who's smart, good IQ, good vision. And with him and uh, Darren Fox would be very excited out there in the West Coast. Yeah, no, I think, I think both of you guys are right. I mean, a lot, there was a lot of picks that that I thought that you know the players are obviously really good. Some of them, some of them kind of like even even um I'll give you a perfect example. Minnesota, who drafted Anthony Edwards and then gave Malik Beasley like a, a four year deal for sixty something million dollars or something. I guess to either be his backup or one of them is going to be the backup. So, and then they bought in Rubio and Russell. So. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good picking up talent, but it's going to be interesting in those minutes. Um, I think bringing Lamelo Ball into Charlotte. I think he's a star in the making. I wish him. I think he can do do a lot, and he'll he'll probably translate right away because he's played in the pros. Again, Obi Toppin in the Knicks. Nobody would have thought he would have fell to the eighth pick at all. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought Toppin was. I didn't think he would make it past the Cavaliers. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I like, um, I like um, the, the guy that Spurs took Russell. Um, I like who Boston took because I heard he was the best shooter in the draft. The Aaron Naismith guy. I thought yeah. that was good for them. I thought they needed shooters. I think in the playoffs or something. I think they relied so much on Tatum, Brown, and Kemba, whatever, and, and uh, Hayward, who's gone now, but. I didn't think they had enough guys that was able to knock down shots. I mean, if you look look at the team, you can't even think of one person notably now that knocks down shots. I think, um, I believe, what's in the Sixers, the Sixers got a good shooter too. They, they went uh, out. Maxi. Yeah, yeah. yeah Maxi, yeah, right? Maxi. Yeah. So that, I that like was pretty good. I think a lot of teams towards like the middle to the later end of the draft, like did a good job of looking at what they needed and filling the holes. I mean, one, one team that is still confusing to me, you know, when you combine the draft and you combine, like, some of the moves, uh, Detroit. <laughs> I don't know quite understand what Detroit's doing with the five centers or the six centers or what, what you know, I, I, that, those, those moves I couldn't understand. I, I mean, I like, the, um, I like the move that they made for Sadiq Bay with the Nets, but... Um, I could with him. I just can't understand the rest of those those center moves. Yeah, I like, uh, I like Advia going to the Wizards too, right? At number what nine he went. Yeah, I think he projected to go uh, a little earlier than that too. Yeah, 
I think that was a, a good pickup for the Wizards. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so from what you guys seeing with all of these these um, trades and free agency deals, I mean, I, I mean, just looking at it, I can tell you, I think uh, you know, picking a team, I think the Sixers are doing a good job of getting the stuff they need, getting shooters and stuff. Britain and Seth Curry, they got Maxi. They really needed guys that could shoot because between Embiid and um, Embiid and what's him and, and this Simmons? guy. Simmons, you really don't got a lot of shooting coming. It's sad when Embiid is your best three-point shooter. <laughs> you, you know you have some issues there. So I think they did a good job with some of the free agency stuff. Again, I think I think the Lakers the Lakers did a good job of getting getting guys that are probably well. They got better younger guys. I just don't know how it's gonna pan out with the roles they're gonna have in the team because both of those guys come from places where they get a lot of minutes. I don't know how many minutes you're going to get on the Lakers. The Clippers, I mean, they they, they just seem like they just swapped some names around. <laughs> like, they got some guys, like, I think Kanata helped with the shooting. And I think, you know, I think that... Um, they got a Baca, too, right? Yeah, they got a Baca. That was a big yeah, pickup. I think, that was a good I, think pick they, I think they needed that. But I don't know if that tilts the needle. I think I think a lot of teams are doing good good jobs. I mean, the Gordon Hayward one hundred one hundred and twenty million dollars. Hmm. <laughs> See Theo's head shaking. I think that that's Jordan for you. That's Jordan yeah, that, for you. That man. might be the reach of the century. Yeah, what do you guys think does. of some of these other deals out there and different things going on as far as signings and stuff? Like you said, I it's crazy to see how much overlap is happening with some of these teams you mentioned minnesota already right you you draft uh um you got the number one pick you draft edwards right and then like you say you signed beasley for four years 60 million i don't know if they did that as like a trade uh chip or what later on down the line maybe so that was a little strange then like you said earlier too you have detroit with four or five centers the overlap there is a little strange I think uh, Atlanta's starting to get into that overlap realm. They bought in Rondo, who's nice. Rondo's kind of like a floor general, but how effective is, is Rondo as a floor general without the ball in his hands? Because I don't want to take the ball out of Trey Young's hands. Um, and then on top of that, they brought, well, I don't know if they're going to actually, uh, um, Sacramento's going to match, but they're trying to get um, Bogdanovich as well, right? They signed him to a four-year offer sheet. The right, Hawks. yeah. And Which I think, Gallinari. I think that, yeah, and Gallinari. I think that might be a good pickup if they manage to get him, Bogdanovich, because he could at least play off the ball a little. But I don't know how many guards they need over there, considering you have Trey Young, you know, who's very ball dominant. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Jordan and, and the Hornets, they reached on that deal. I think they have some young uh, talent over there. You just got LaMelo. Um, they... I just can't figure out what what they what they were thinking with that move. I was kind of happy to see it because I think they may have saved the Knicks from themselves. Wow. Um, but yeah, it almost feels like so far in terms of free agency and the draft that the the rich keep getting richer and the poor just keep getting poorer. You know? Yeah, that's what it all, it almost feels like. Certain teams, you look at uh like the the Kings, Halliburton, I think was a, a nice pickup in terms of where they got him at. Uh, I think he went, what, number 12 to the Kings? I wouldn't have selected him 
early in the draft like he was expected to. Um, I think the Kings did well. Uh, again, we mentioned the Knicks. I, I like the moves the Knicks made. But yeah, some of these moves, um, even Gallinari on Atlanta, you know, the money, I, I think he may have been grossly overpaid. Um, I think he got a three-year deal for about $60 million or so. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you can't blame the players. The, the owners are, are willing to throw this money out there. One team I think who did well, who needed a big, uh, was Houston, right? With Kristen uh, Wood. Yeah. I think it, it was nice to see them bring them in, uh, bring him in, because that's a sign that they want to get away from the small ball. The only thing is, I'm not sure, given the Harden situation, who Wood is even going to be playing with. They're trying to get rid of Harden. They're trying to get rid of, uh, rid of uh, Westbrook. So, yeah, a lot of teams, I don't know, uh, seem to be all over the place. Some teams have a clear-cut direction, but it, there's a lot of teams that uh, just, you know, can't figure out what they're doing. What do you think? Um, I, well, I like Phoenix. They got uh, CP3 and Jay Crowder. You know, they're with Devin Booker and, and Aiden. That's a nice little four right there for for the future, you know. So, uh, I like that for sure. With Phoenix, someone's trying to do yeah, You don't want them to cut bridges. Man, that's a little small ball starting at five, man. I like that for sure. Um, I like Portland. Did Portland get uh, Covington? Uh, Portland yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. I like that, man. They resigned Melo. I like, uh, like those two right there. They signed Giles, King. too. Who did they sign, Giles? Yeah, Portland okay. signed Giles, too. Yeah. Certain teams could, could stay intact, so to speak. You know, not do a big overhaul. So I like what uh, Portland's doing for these scheme of things, the offense, which is actually a pay stretch ball with the uh, Melo playing four. So when Melo coming to Portland, I like the short. Like I said, the Suns with uh, CP3, Devin Booker, top five backcourt, maybe top three backcourt. Um, I like Jay Crowder. He's solid, for sure, both ends of the floor. And I like Aiden. I like Aiden, too. Aiden's upside is very good. So those four starters, man, the Suns are doing pretty good. Now, how much do you think, because I, I like the Chris Paul move, and on one end, and on the other hand, I, I wonder the same thing, similar to what I mentioned with Atlanta, where you almost you take the book, uh, the ball out of Booker's hands now. Granted, Booker isn't a uh, he can play off ball, right? He runs around a lot of screens and stuff like that. But Booker needs that ball in his hands. I, I know CP3 will be big for Aiton, but do you think uh, Booker is impacted by the, the CP3 move at all? In a positive way, yes. He, he could come off curls, you know, catch and shoot, double curls, or pick and rolls, whatever. He could be pick a roll and get to the corner for um, Booker and spot up. Booker could score in, in all phases of the game, Booker. So I have no worries with him not playing well with us, CP3. CP3 is one of the better point guards in, in, in the NBA, let alone Hall of Famer. So if this guy could turn on OKC in one year, I'm pretty sure he can run Suns right by the talent and get Booker in eight. I, I would have thought that it would have hurt. It would have hurt Booker if they kept Ubre, because. But as it stands right now, they don't have a lot of offensive weapons to begin with. So CP3 is only going to be limited to a couple of guys. I mean, we know we said Aiton and Booker. I mean, who are the other guys that he's even going to be passing it to? I mean, right now there's there's a couple of guys on there, but there's nobody like noteworthy to say, okay, this guy deserves to get the ball this amount of times. You know, you might. Throw it to a couple of the little Mikel Bridges or something they have. Or yeah, Mikel Bridges, he's a good player. He's a tricky yeah. shooter. They don't have yeah, like a whole bunch of guys that where he's going to, where CP3 is going to say, I could distribute this to six different guys. He's just well, going to pass it to whoever's open anyway, which is which is right. good. 
you don't have an open man. But that could be said also for OKC when he, when he played OKC last year. What last year? It was like playing three guards with him, Schroeder, and uh, uh, Shai Alexander, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, so uh, it was the same thing with the clip. I mean, uh, OKC, he was there. But uh, I see, I see uh, the Suns doing better, man. I think the positive more negative. Yeah, I think so. Some of these other teams, I think, did, did a good job of signing their own players back. Like, I think the Nets did well in keeping Joe Harris. Yes. I think um, Goran um, Dragic going back to um, Miami. B. Trent's going back to, to the Wizards. Those were good ones. And then, again, we still have so many strange ones that we talk about. Like, we got Blake Griffin in Detroit, but they paid Jeremy Grant who's a power forward, $60 million too. I mean, I, I think Marcus Morris made out, obviously, with the four-year $64 million deal. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, going from the Knicks in that trade, I mean, he couldn't have, he, he actually is a real winner in free agency because there was no way the Knicks would have gave him that money. That trade, that trade helped his whole career. Yeah, and it also helped the Knicks, right? Because they moved that, they moved him for that late round pick to set him up, which ultimately turned into quickly. So I think it was a win-win for for Morris and the Clippers, right? Because uh, he'll be more valuable than that late uh, first round pick would have been for them, yep. especially with Harold leaving, right? So Morris is going to be a key factor over there now. He already was, which is why they brought him in. But he's really they're going to be dependent on him now. Yeah. What do you think about like the Pelicans, right? They brought in uh, Stephen Adams, I think. I mean, I like yeah, that. I next to Zion, I, in theory, it's nice, but I don't know what about the floor spacing over there. Well, Maybe. Zion got got developed his outside shot. That means he do it now. They go, they gonna you know call down on him and let him shoot jump shot all the time. So Zion got got approved from outside perimeter. So if he does, I'm quite sure he has the ability to do that. Him and um, Steve Adams uh, coexist. I like Steve Adams a lot, man. I like his rebounding. He plays hard. He wants the floor. Yeah. I think he could fit well, anybody's system. Yeah, he's did, they extend, uh, did they extend Ingram yet? What, what's funny is, um, no, you look he's at still the top time, guys. Man. Yeah, Ingram didn't sign back. Um, Anthony Davis. I mean, I think it's just a waiting game with those guys or something. Because I, I couldn't see. I mean, they they probably were sitting there trying to look at those numbers that these other guys got, like the the, the 195 million for Mitchell, 163 for Fox, Tatum's numbers. So they like, wait a minute, they want to try to get that max money too. Because I think I don't know if it affected Ingram going from the Lakers to New Orleans, but I would think that he would be in line for what that 195, right? So I would, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, the Pelicans, though, they fall into the category of kind of, at first, I kind of sort of understood what they were doing, but once they drafted Kyra Lewis, does that mean uh, Lonzo Ball's time may, may be up over there? or Because they, they can't pay all these guys, right? Even before uh, we just mentioned Ingram, right? He's, he's obviously going to get the max. Um, eventually, you already, it's early, it's only a second year, but you got to start thinking about we got to pay Zion, right? Yeah, he's going to get It's a major injury. He's getting paid. Um, so, how much money are they going to float around? You know, so I don't know if, if Lonzo Ball is that, that odd man out in that situation where they're just not going to pay him. Because I want to say next year he's up to be paid. What? Well, I think he's going to have to have a big year because he didn't do well in the bubble at all. Like, it's almost like he didn't want to be there. 
So maybe Kevin Lewis is gonna light the fire under him or something. But he didn't look good in the bubble at all. Hmm. Uh, ball, I like Ball. No, I like what he does. He's a great facilitator. Um, can't really shoot as much. But he did say something real, real interesting about having Kyle Lewis on the team as well. I don't think Kyle is ready right now. And if he does show that he's ready to take that spot, I can see Ball uh, moving on to number team. Oh, wow. Then they got they got some other moves that that we noticed that look like they move. I like um I think Tristan Thompson to help the the Celtics. I think he might come in there and be the starting center day one. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Tice was serviceable, especially in the way they were using him. Um, so I like Tice there, but yeah, I, I could see Thompson coming in and being the starter day one over there. The only thing with Boston is um I still I think they'll be good. But you have, um, like you, you mentioned Tatum, I would say now, especially given the contract, he's definitely the go-to guy. He's the franchise player, I would say. And then you have um, Brown on the wing, right, who's, who's another borderline all-star. The guy who I thought would have had a better season, he didn't have a bad season, but I wonder uh, how Kemba fits in, you know? Because they gave him big money as well. Kimba, I think, in, in theory, fit in with anybody, but he didn't look good in the bubble either. I, granted, he supposedly had some injuries, or but something was definitely off with his uh, with, with Kimba in the bubble. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I actually like the uh, sound of Tristan a lot. He's a uh, defense, he can rebound, he's relentless, he plays hard, he's a champion, you know, so he can teach these guys, you know, where it takes, you know, to get the next level, so to speak. Um, I like Jeff Green going to Brooklyn a whole lot. Yeah. I like that a whole lot as well. I like Jeff Green. He's a versatile player. Uh, he can play a small ball on stretch four, certain, certain teams, certain uh, chemistry or certain lineups in the game. He can play the three, of course, as well. He has a um, <clears throat> good outside jump shot. You know, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, he's a very uh, solid signing, I, I would say, for the Nets from off the bench. So I really like that a lot. Yeah. And then uh, Shamit too, right? They brought in Shamit. I think that was yes. a nice pickup for them. Yes, yeah. I think back up for Kyrie. Shamit was supposedly working out with uh with Kyrie and, and Durant. Uh, mm. uh, that's could could have been a factor why they pursued him too. Right. That was a nice pickup for them as well. You, you know what's funny? I'm looking at some of these other things, and another team that might be confusing me is Portland. Now I think about it. So we just said they had Robert Covington, right? They got Carmelo Anthony. They yes. signed Derek Jones. They signed Howard, um, they, Harry Giles. They already had, um, the. they have- Gary Trent, right? Gary Trent. Yeah, Kent in the back. He just kind of came back there too. They still, the they still got the um, the tall guy, not um, not Nerfic, the other the other forward, the, the other center forward, forward, forward that shoots you. They got a, they got like kind of a glut, a glut in that um small fo- the forward forward role, small forward yeah. power forward role. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a Covington. The good thing about it, I think he can play some shooting guard. He can play some two. So that, that may help them, but and then they still got they still got like you said they still got Trent and Anthony Simmons. 
Buffalo yeah. guys, I think, have shown, especially Trent. Trent had a big, a big yeah. season last season, so he he's going to be in line for a payday. So he showed he deserves minutes. You know, and you know they got Rodney Hood too. Yeah, that's right. They re-upped Hood, right? Yeah. They re-signed him. So you got a nice bench now. With all those guys, Edis Cantor too. He came back there too. So, uh, listen, oh, you got yeah, a, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he's there too. So, they got the nice bench, versatile, interchangeable. You know, stretch the floor. I think you can tell what the Rockets are wearing instead of right now. They're trying to stretch the floor out with shooters and guys who can fit their own shots. So, uh, I, like what, I like what they're doing. I'm not mad what they're doing. And they got, again, they got some size too, you know, with, uh, with Nurek and, uh, and Enos out there as well. What What do you guys think of this? I, I thought it was pretty cool how, how um, Dallas replaced Seth Perry by bringing Trey Burke back. You seen that move? That had very similar players, I think. Yeah, I think Burke have, Yeah, I think Burke may be able to get to the the, the basket a little better than, than Seth. I think Seth may be a slightly better shooter, but yeah, I think I think it's they're very similar players. And I think at the same time you mentioned it earlier, it really helped the Sixers bring in Seth over there. So. Yeah, I think that was a good move. Dallas, though, uh, is a team so far. I don't think they've done enough, you know. And I, I wonder with Porzingis, they already say he he's probably not going to start the the season, right? Because he he had the surgery late on the meniscus tear. So mm-hmm. Dallas, I don't know. They're another team that uh, one of those fringe uh, playoff teams, maybe, but. I don't know if they have enough to, to really be considered a threat, um, which bodes well for the Knicks, uh, considering they have Dallas's pick for the next two years, right? Dallas's right. picks. So right. you don't want to see anybody get hurt. You don't want to see Porzingis not playing. Um, but at the same time, it does help the Knicks a little bit if Dallas isn't uh, that great. Yeah. I mean... I'm looking at you know just looking at some of the I like the um, New Orleans Noel signing for the Knicks. I thought that was a good one. So I think they'll get good minutes on the Knicks. I mean Jeff Teague, I think they'll get good minutes on on um, the Celtics. And I like the White Howard as the backup to to Joel Embiid. Yeah, they they cleaned out some of their their glut. I think what they moved on. They finally got somebody to take Hawford's contract, right? Yeah, they give up a couple of picks, I guess, to do it, but that was good. They got rid of some of the other bigs that they had. Hell, I think, uh, Samson. So, yeah, I think adding Howard over to the backup was in MB was a was a good pickup for them. How you guys feel about Arthur Rivers coming to the Knicks? Yeah, I, you know, I've been screaming the uh, point guard, point guard. Yeah, yeah, that's Granted, true. He's not a he's not a pure point guard. He's more of a combo uh, guard, but. I love it because what Austin Rivers does, um, the Knicks didn't have anybody really who, who who does that, which is break down the defense. Yeah, Rivers has a, a the ability to to dribble, you know, and get into that paint. Now, once he gets into the paint, the defense has to make a decision: Am I going to collapse on this guy? And now that's when the shooters become more important, right? The quicklies, uh, they re up. Uh, well, they kept them, Reggie Bullocks, right? So now they got a couple of shooters. So I think it was important to get a guy like Rivers. So for me, I, I love that pickup, you know. Um, I also love uh, 
picking up Miles as well, right? He he was a good a good undrafted signing for the Knicks as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Austin Austin Rivers I think was a was a huge huge pickup for them, especially for cheap. I think three years, ten million dollars. Yeah, you 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 need that. Like yeah, the Knicks didn't have a lot of people that could get their own shot. I think Austin Rivers is is a, is a guy who could. Okay. Hey, look, you know you what's got... interesting? Mm-hmm. You got Kyle Corbin and Reggie Jackson with all these guys signed. They're still out there. Reggie's damage goes to me, I think. He's had a, you know, a few injuries that hurt, hurt his ability to uh, play at a high level before he got hurt when he was in Detroit. Um, I would think I, I would pass on Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Kyle Corbin, yeah. I would have no problem signing Kyle Corbin. He'd come in and Spot up somewhere and shoot those baby footers and come up curls. So, I'm the Knicks or any other team who needs a shooter, Kyle Cole, that would be a good addition to it. I can see Corbin in, in, ending up on a team like the Lakers somehow. LeBron loves bringing in those type of guys. Yeah. Um, there's no urgency probably to bring him in right now. He'll probably still be available. So you let a guy like that sit sit around for a while if somebody goes down with an unfortunate injury or something like that, or you realize you you need, like you said, an additional shooter, you end up waving somebody. I think they brought in, the, speaking of the Lakers, I think they brought in Wes Matthews to try to sort of serve that, that role. Yeah. Um, right, right. Shooter, he could defend a little bit. But yeah, I could see uh, Corver maybe finding his way to the Lakers or some other um, team, maybe the Clippers or somebody. Basically, a, a, a championship contender will probably pick him up at some point, I would say. You know, I, I would say so. You still got like a lot of... like. I'm surprised Markeith Morris is not picked up. Some of these guys like Alex Lenz and Rondé Hollis, if they're decent, Glenn Robinson III, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know about them getting picked up. I, I'm hearing DeMarcus Cousins is getting a lot of interest from teams, too. Yeah, I think uh, Cousins, um, the question with him is, in recent years, hasn't been ability, per se. It's just health. The guy is just one injury after another. So I think if he's healthy, some team is definitely going to take a flyer on him because it's not going to be expensive at this point to get him can get him on a cheap deal, bring him into your, your system, see if he can stay healthy, and if so, then you have a player who could probably make an impact for your team. So I can see why the interest is there for Cousins. Yeah, I heard that the Rockets may have interest in him so yeah, far. So That makes sense. But, uh, but it's good to hear that um, he's healthy again and the team's interested in, in services because he's been through a lot with his body. Um, I'm gonna go back real quick with the niche real quick. I'm gonna ask you guys, how you guys feel about Alex Burke real quick? Oh, I, I think that was a good pickup. I, I like Alec Burke, Alec Burks a lot. I think he can do a few things. I mean, I think that he's a good spot up shooter. He can come on screens. I mean, he's not necessarily an individual creator, but he's pretty good at that. I mean, right. the only thing I would say about bringing in Alec Burks is that I hope bringing in Alec Burks wasn't at the expense of Damian Dotson. For some reason, I almost felt that uh, that Miles was at the expense of Damian Dotson. It's kind of, I thought Damian Dotson was let go to bring in Miles from uh, Seton Hall. I agree, agree with that one. Yeah, it, it, it probably was. 
Because I, I thought Dotson gave him good money, minutes last year. Yeah, I, I like Dotson a lot myself. But at the same time, you look at a guy like Burke, he averaged uh, last season, he averaged 15 points. So for the contract the Knicks gave him, what did they give him? I think one year, five million or something along yeah. the line. So it's very cost effective to say the least to bring in a guy who's averaging 15 points for five million bucks. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. As crazy as it may sound, five million these days is considered a, a huge bargain. That's why right. going back to the Austin Rivers deal to get a guy like that um, for three years, 10 million, that's a little over three million a year for a guy like Rivers. I think is is huge. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think there's still a lot of guys that's out there, but I don't see any of them that really like. Besides the ones that the top flight guys are really having signed, there's some guys that could possibly help a team. But the sad part about it is you start getting into that, that process of um, do I keep these young guys that I could possibly send to the G League and develop them? Or I take this guy who's been in the league for a few years, who this is who he probably is. Like, I mean, is Glenn Robinson the third gonna get any better? Is Tyler Johnson gonna get any better? I mean, are they are they where they are? Or would you would would you rather keep those guys on the bench and have to pay them three, four, five million dollars, or get a guy in the second round or a rookie that he's no urgency to try to put him in the rotation, no pressure at all? that you could possibly develop for a league minimum. I mean, what's your guys' thoughts? From a championship contender, I bring in uh, the guys with a little bit more experience, like you said, the Glenn Robinsons, and just in case, uh, like injuries or whatever the case may be, then you have somebody who at least has that experience. But from a team like going back to the Knicks, I'd rather have the, the young guy that I could just put put into the G League and let him develop over there for, for a year, two years, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I think if you're a championship contender or or even a, a playoff-bound team, then you bring in those veterans for cheap. But other than that, um, I think you go with the young guys and stash them away. Do you guys think uh, Mark Powell will uh, make the roster? I, I mean, I got a chance to see him play a lot. I've seen him play in high school. And I wish I watched his games because being out here in Jersey, him, he played, you know, you could always find hear about him. He's pretty big out here. But, I, I mean, I think he could. I think uh, he reminds me of the um, the other guy, Marcus Howard. Both of those guys mm -hmm. can score a ton. They yeah. can shoot. They can get their own shot. They can do things. So, I mean, I hope, I hope it's with the Knicks. But I feel like because he defends a little bit too, that – if it's not with the Knicks, I feel like he'll latch on someplace else because he can he can defend. He's got he's not like he's a combo guard kind of on the shorter side. So mm -hmm. it's one of those. The, the tough part for him is that he'll fit in perfectly in the taller point of guard schemes, like the same way kind of like Devontae Graham will work with Lamelo Ball because Lamelo Ball is so tall. So you could put Ball on the two guard type of thing. But it'll be it'll be tough for him to try to defend two guards in the NBA. So he'll either have to learn how to be a better passer or distribute more, or he'll have to be able to come in like spot duty. Like it's kind of like like the whole situation with the Isaiah Thomases of the world, where Isaiah Thomas he's a scorer, he can get buckets, but 
he's going to give up a lot on the defensive end because he can't defend the two-guard position. And he's small. He can't even really defend a point-guard position. So it's, it's tough when you got guys that can score a lot. What they what he should do is he should look at Jimmer for that and really understand where Jimmer for that made the mistake. Same thing with Howard where you got to do something else besides just being a scorer in the NBA because when you come in the NBA, the NBA, most teams, or at least established teams, have a first option, a second option, a third option, a sixth man. You know, all those positions are developed. You can fight for those roles, but you got to be really good to unseat some of these guys. On the Knicks, you might have an opportunity, but even still, with Julius Randle still there, you know, RJ Barrett, we just drafted Obi. So right there, I don't know how it'll fan out, but that's one, two, and three right there, at least my mind. And then you got Mitch, right? And then you look at Mitch, he looked like he got better. I've seen some videos of him handling the ball. You got him. So if he can get out there and carve away into like a, a, a good bench role scorer or be able to defend or pass or something, it'll help. But And with Thibs, he's going to have to be able to be like some kind of super defender to make the roster. Yeah, I, I I would like to see him make the roster. I think, like for me, Dennis Smith Jr. I think I think he's an NBA level talent. I don't know if if that fit if he fits with the Knicks. So I would say, in my opinion, Smith Jr. If they can get something for him, I would probably move on. Um, so that's one guard out of the way. I like Frank uh, Milikina. I wouldn't move on from him. He's still in his early twenties. He doesn't have too much of an offensive game, but like you just mentioned with Thibs, right? That's where the, the super defender, right, comes in. So I think Neil Aquina sticks around. Then you look at it, we just brought in, we mentioned Austin Rivers. I think he sticks around because he, he has a skill set they don't they don't have. I think they brought back Peyton, uh, probably assuming they wouldn't be able to get somebody like Rivers. I think Rivers is probably like an afterthought so he, that deal probably worked itself out after the fact, because other than that, I don't think they would have brought back Peyton. Um, but I could easily see them moving on from Peyton, let's say, come uh, like mid-season around the trade deadline, a veteran uh, championship contender, right? Looking for that veteran. I could see somebody snatching up Peyton. So that'll be a guard potentially out of the way. So I think the Knicks kind of have a, a clutter of guards, but I can't say um, any of them is, is pretty much a lot. The only one I could say maybe a lot, and he's always mixed up in rumors, is uh, is Nilakina, right? In terms of the point guard, um, and Austin Rivers, I would say is a lot. But I think uh, Powell stands a chance just based on that. He may not uh, initially get in. Maybe they'll send him down to the G League. I think they have a couple of guys already to to um, they're signed to their two way contracts. I think they have Penton who I could easily see them moving on from, right? Mm-hmm. See Powell supplanting him for the, the two-way contract. And then they have Hopper as well, right? Right, yes. Hopper, I think, has some talent. Whether he gets the shot with the Knicks to show it or not is a different story, but I think Hopper has has a little bit of talent. Um, so I could see Powell making the roster, uh, but I could see him maybe working his way through, through the G League first instead of immediately stepping into the big leagues. Can see him going that route, where they stash him over there, let him prove himself, and then maybe bring him up. And the Knicks have been pretty good with bringing guys up from their G League system, I would say. So, 
I, I would like to see him uh, make the big leagues, assuming he continues to do what he did in college, um, bring that skill set to the Knicks because he can shoot. Guy can definitely shoot. He brings that toughness. I think the Knicks uh, were lacking toughness. And I think he has the ability to break break down uh, a defense as well. So I think the guy has a lot of talent. I think he's underrated probably due to his size. I think he's maybe around 6'2 or so. Coming out of high school, I think he may have been like a four-star, three-star recruit. But along the way, from freshman year up to senior year, the guys he, he he's proven uh, to be uh, a competitor. Um, so I, I would like to see him make the roster. So from what we've seen so far in this offseason, I mean, I'm looking at look, looking at some of these teams. For the teams that made the playoffs last year, do we think it was him? And I know me and Theo, we were having a conversation about this offline and stuff. Do we think any teams have improved themselves or weakened themselves? Because, I mean, I look at a team like the top teams. I mean, the Lakers and the Clippers are the other teams. I would say, obviously, the Nets will be light years better, you know, because they got Kyrie and, and, and Durant back. So that's a given. But when I look at other teams, I think Denver might have took a step backwards. I mean, they, they lost they lost um they lost Grant and they didn't really replace him with anything. They already had issues with understanding who the third off. They lost Craig, who played defense for them. And I don't really know like like did they replace these guys with capable guys? Cause you see, I mean re-signing Millsap, I guess helped, but I don't see where they replaced like the folder. They lost two for two rotational forwards and didn't really replace them. Yeah, I would say they took steps back just because other teams uh, took steps forward. And like you said, I, I don't think they really did much of anything other than lose Grant. Um, like you said, they lost Craig as well. So yeah, I, I would say they, they did take a few steps back because other teams got got better and they, they don't seem like they did. They just stayed stagnant and lost guys on top of it, I guess. So one team I would say, what, what do you think of Milwaukee though? Did they get better? Bringing in Holiday? I don't know if they got better. They, well, Holiday makes them better, but they got different. They got like a lot of different players because I think Wes Matthews and those guys helped them out probably a little more than what they thought. So I think they, they, they traded some guys like bringing in Augustine is okay. I mean, you know, you brought, you brought in, in uh, Bobby Portis as well. Bobby Portis. They brought in the, the guy from San Antonio who could shoot Bryn Forbes. Yeah, yeah. They brought him in, but I mean, Tory Craig. With are those a love? Well, for one thing, they lost. They lost Lopez, Robin Lopez. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't necessarily think that and Sterling Brown left. So I don't necessarily think they got any better than what they were. I mean, and yeah, they, I think they actually got lucky by that Bogdanovich deal falling apart. Because I think they would have got Bogdanovich. Some of these other guys, they wouldn't have got. They would have lost Vincenzo, DiVincenzo, and a bunch of other guys. Mm. So, they, and mm. they, I don't know if the management, they don't seem like they have a good idea of how to replace these guys. I guess just looking at the roster, Giannis is probably going to play every minute of every game. Because <laughs> you look, I mean, they, can you name one other forward on that team? You got Chris Middleton and Giannis, and that's it. 
That's it. Yeah. Corey Craig. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis could be the backup center to, to Brooke Lopez. So I don't know what you know what they were necessarily thinking about. I think they they'll they'll probably be the same if not take a step back. You got I mean, it's tough in, in, in some of the conferences too because remember they I mean it looked everything looked great until the Sixers the Sixers got better and the Nets got better, so <laughs> we'll see how that turns. I think Toronto took a step back. Yeah. How about my how about Miami? I think Miami might have got better. I think Miami they they gave up a couple of guys, but they weren't really rotational guys. Like Derek Jones, he helped in the regular season, but he didn't play a lot. But I think what Miami plans on doing is, because remember in the beginning of the season, um, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they didn't have as big a role. But I think going into this season, I think they're going to be much more of a factor. So a lot of those minutes that these other guys would have got is going to go to those two guys, as they should, because they, they were helping out a lot. They bought him Harkless. I guess he could play defense a little bit. You know, in the dirt. They got Avery Bradley, I think is good, you know, good good defender. So they got better defensively. Plus two, the the good part about it is I think both of those two guys are what I call Jimmy Butler guys. So, so they'll fit into what you know what he expects as a teammate, where he wants them to work hard, you're gonna defend, you're gonna do this stuff. Whereas yeah. I think I don't think every player could play with Jimmy Butler. We've seen that already. Yeah, yeah. those guys they brought in aren't going to come in and, and curl up, you know. They always say, like, Miami has a certain way of playing the game. So, yeah, I, I would agree that bringing in um, those guys. They lost Crowder, but they did a good job of replacing, like, what they lost, they replaced it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they re-signed Leonard. I don't think that was too significant, but he, yeah, they re-signed him. Yeah, they, he got a pretty, pretty good contract. Um, so yeah, I think either they stayed the same or maybe got slightly better. And uh, they took they took um, Precious Achua, who's a pretty good player. He fits into what they do. What's him not though? What's him the defensive guy? He was him. He's a finisher and a defender, so they took him. So he'll help out a lot. The only thing I would say with, with them is Miami was what coming in into the playoffs about a the fifth seed, something like that. Yeah. So now you look at some of those other teams that, that you mentioned who, who got better. So does uh does Miami take a step backwards just based on that in terms of title contention? Because now you have Philly who who's on paper anyway, now that they got a couple of shooters have gotten better. You got obviously the Nets have improved just by getting their own players back. Katie and Kyrie healthy, hopefully. So, what does that do to Miami in terms of title contention? I mean, I think they take take a little step back. I mean, I think even Boston might have improved a little bit, or whatever, or at least maintain the same. But I think they take a little step back. I, you can't. I would imagine they're not going to win as many games. Neither is Milwaukee, though, because you got to figure. Atlanta looks like they improved a lot. Or the rap. They were they were at the friends last year. Remember John Collins was out for the whole year almost last year. Mm-hmm. Now they added Rondo. They added Bogdanovich, added um <laughs> added the Gallinari. So they look like they got a much more competitive team. So even like even like teams that didn't make the playoffs, I think the Knicks would be more competitive. I, I mean agree. I think a lot of teams in the East and what's it became 
a lot more competitive than what they were. Whereas I think conversely in the West, like I like the Spurs, but they didn't do anything. <laughs> they, they're gonna be the same team. They got Devin. Their big signing was signing Jakob Proto back. So they got Devin. They they drafted Devin Vassell, and that's it. They didn't do anything. So I don't see them getting better. I see them falling. I yeah. mean, the Grizzlies. They might have got a little better, but Sacramento. I mean, they got Halliburton, but they lost the number two score on the team. So the West team's gonna propel. Like yeah. LeBron's gonna get his time to get his rest because those guys that they're gonna be playing, <laughs> a lot of those guys ain't gonna be worth anything. But in the East, it's kind of reversed. Teams got better, and it's gonna be tougher. I think Toronto, Toronto. I don't even know Toronto gonna make the playoffs. Wow! You figure they got no Mark Gasol, no Serge Ibaka. They got they got um. Who do they have? They got Siakam, Fred VanVleet, and Kyle Lowry. Uh, uh, yeah, shooting and, guard. Uh, shooting guard. Yeah, they got they got all the guys play the same position. Mm. They got who? Like I couldn't even. Do you know what big men do they have on the roster? Right. Yeah, right. I can't really off off the top of my head. I can't really think of any. You can, uh, you can, uh, good point, though, man. Yeah, good point. Let's go, one. Some of these teams, like I think Chicago, they're not going to be much better, but they're going to play tougher because I think um, Donovan's a pretty good coach. Yeah, I like him as a good coach, too. I like him. Orlando will be competitive, and I think, I mean, just by default, because John Wall's coming back, Washington's got to be better just because of that. That's if he suits up, right? With, yeah, with, right? I mean, that's an interesting question. Asked out, right? He asked for a trade. I was going to ask you guys this. If Washington came to the Knicks and was like, listen, um, you're going to have to give me um, R.J. Barrett or give me um, Robinson and give me a, give me, um, give me me both of those guys or give me R.J. and, and um, what's this guy? Randall and a, pit and a couple of picks. Would you do it for John Wall if they took one of these point guards? Would you take John Wall back right now? I, I actually think... Uh, I think the Knicks are heading in the right direction, so I would stay away from it. But <laughs> if they were going to do something like that, I think uh, Washington would be the one that has to send me picks. <laughs> John Wall has, uh, is making, what, 40-something million per yeah. year over the next three three seasons, something like that. So in order to offload that, <laughs> you got to send me some compensation. If if the Knicks were that bent for star power and they wanted John Wall, I would say I would give him uh, maybe Randall because um, I don't know if he necessarily fits with where the Knicks are going. I think Randall can play, but well, maybe he, he may be a better fit now that they have some guards, right? That So they may not necessarily force feed him. I think like Theo always says, I think Randall was kind of like being forced into that number one option role. Yeah. It was kind of going to his head a little bit. He was getting out of who he who he really is. So I think now he may be even better with that. But if they were uh, desperate for that star power and wanted a name, I would say Randall. I would maybe maybe send them uh, Dennis Smith Jr. just to get rid of some of that glut <laughs> at, the, at the point guard position. And beyond that, I wouldn't send them any draft picks or anything. I think they would have to send us some picks, to be honest with you. I would think if I'm Washington, you I wouldn't make a deal. You'd have to include either Barrett or with him or um, Robinson in the deal. Else, I wouldn't even make the deal. 
What do you think, Theo? I don't want John Wall at all. <laughs> so and you're not getting you're not getting Mitch, you're not getting RJ, you're not getting OB, you're not getting quickly, you're not getting nobody. I don't want no part of John Wall. I want oh, it's really his contract. You know, he got to play. He's a very talented ball player. So I'm not going to you know shame like that. But it's really his contract. And like uh, we just said a little while ago, man, they haven't like the direction, you know. So why even try to hurt the cap? Right now, all, all, all the guys that we just signed, we still have maybe like twenty million under cap. So we're doing something right. Again, next sure. year, I was guys both the boy and train the fountain too as well. So maybe you never know. Can never know. I see Kawhi opting out next year. I can see that part. I can see it. Um, I can see it falling apart over there real quick. Yeah. See that? So maybe Kawhi would say, you know what? Maybe come home. And then all that great after wall, you know what I'm saying? We go to New York to Big Apple, man. See what's happening from there. Never know. So, since we don't want John Wall in New York, do you see Houston possibly may able to make a John Wall for Russell Westbrook swap? And if they were, who would have to give the extra assets in that deal? I would, I could see that as a potential trade. Um, just for the simple fact that both players on on each end one out you know just for that alone the money's probably relatively relatively close i think john wall still makes a, a decent amount more than westbrook but i could see that that trade happening i i wouldn't if i'm either team i wouldn't include any assets to make it happen i think it's pretty much a wash right um, if there was assets if, if there was one team that was trying to demand assets i could see it being the rockets for the simple fact that Wall has the bigger contract and he's been out uh, in, with injuries uh, for the last year or two, Wall. So if there was one team that was to try to demand uh, some assets, I would say it would be Houston. But I think it's a pretty even swap, to be honest with you. If that trade does go down, who wins that trade? Mm. That's You know what? That's interesting because on, on paper... It, it's tough because I think Bradley Bills used to being the guy now, and he handles the ball a good portion of time now too. Because they got Ish Smith and he's got. I don't know how effective Westbrook could be. Like he would, it would have to be one of those things, kind of like with Harden, where they have to be on the court at times without each other, where Westbrook could get the ball and he could do his thing, and kind of like a a flip flop thing. Whereas I think John Wall. Even though he's seen himself as the man, he he could he seems to be more likely to be the guy to pass the ball, or you know, or not necessarily have to go off and on like that. People, I, people I, I think, I think in the long run, Houston would probably win that deal just because I think John Wall would be good for them developing a new identity. If you give it a Harden, I think John Wall would play better with younger guys, where he could help them develop and stuff. To say a Westbrook. Whereas I think Westbrook is the type of player I'm going to bring up an old school name Westbrook is the type of player That he's always better When there's somebody better than him On the team They got a guy like I don't know you guys remember Derek Coleman When Derek Coleman Derek Coleman was a great player But he was much better when he played With guys that were better than he was Because he, He was him He understood what he was supposed to do And they helped keep him in check Russell Westbrook needs somebody to keep him in check. And I don't know if Bradley Bill's personality is the type to, because think about it, Kevin Durant didn't keep him in check. That's yeah. why, 
that's why you look at it now. And I, I mean, you got to admit his feelings got to be hurt because Kevin Durant's trying to build the whole team of OKC except for him. Let me get Jeff Green. Let me get let me get Serge Ibaka. Let me get Harden. Only person he ain't trying to get was Westbrook, right? Right. I think yeah, that'll tell you something right there. Yeah, I think uh, that's the the thing with Westbrook is um, I don't know if there's anybody in the league that could keep him in check. <laughs> that's the crazy thing, and right. I don't know his personality. Um, and and from what the rumors circulating around is that he'd rather go to a team like the Knicks where he think he can beat a man than to try to win a title. Um, I do agree that I think Houston wins if that trade was to happen. Because uh, people quietly forget, as much as John Wall was ball dominant, he did average close to 10 assists. Almost yeah. every season. So John Wall was passing the ball to somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would say John Wall, he, he can definitely uh, get his teammates involved. Um, the only thing with John Wall you have to be careful of is some of the uh, like off the court stuff. Whereas Westbrook, not so much. Westbrook has that demeanor on the court, but you don't hear too much about him off the court in terms of getting in trouble and, and yeah. that kind of thing. And I think that was supposedly part of the reason why uh, Washington's relationship with Wall um, is is falling apart is because I think he, he was throwing up some type of gang signs or you know just getting involved in stuff he probably shouldn't be involved with. So it's a lot more to it than just his... his uh, his basketball talent. Plus, I think Wall supposedly uh, got upset about Bill being named like the man on the team. Or... Yeah. So there's other factors there, but I do agree that um, if that trade was to happen, Houston wins. Um, that trade, assuming Wall could could actually stay healthy. Bill is a man of the team because he stepped up the last two years when Wall was hurt. That's why. So he is the man of the team. Without question yeah. about that. Yep. Yeah. So right there, should, so right there, tell you that wall of mentality is the same right now. You always say, he always says, "Give my boys, my man, gonna play together." Listen, keep quiet, play together. Listen, it's his team now. It was your team. You got hurt. You been out for a year and a half, two years. Your man stepped up, and became great. All came all star, but became a almost all star, a top tier player. So uh, it's right now, and from this point forward, it's Bill's team. It's Bill's team, as you see. Yeah. And the point guard position is tough because what happens is that once you get a good one, it's not like a lot of open starting point guard spots going around. I mean, guys get used to playing, but who they, they play with, and those guys perform roles on the teams. Like, I mean, where could Russell Westbrook fit in, or where could a John Wall fit in? I mean, I think it's again, it's easier to probably fit John Wall in a space because he does certain things, but. I can see Rush rubbing rubbing young kids and Bushman and veterans the wrong way. Yeah, I think that's why probably both of their names have been mentioned in Knicks rumors because the Knicks have been uh, trying to get a point guard since probably Stephon Marbury walked out of the door. You mm-hmm. know, so we haven't had a point guard since him. So that's probably why their name is in Knicks rumors. But outside of the Knicks, in which I don't uh, think the Knicks need to get involved with uh, either one of them necessarily. But outside of that, yes, it's kind of hard. Not from a talent perspective, because both of them have talent. They're both making a lot of money. But I don't know which team is willing to take them on their big personalities, take on the contracts. And uh, like you mentioned, a lot of teams already are kind of sort of solidified at the point guard position now. 
So which team necessarily really needs them? Yeah, I mean, you, you really can't. It's really not much. I mean, the coach has to have a strong front. I mean, I couldn't see as much as it seemed like it would be a good fit. I couldn't see either one of them going to the Clippers because Kawhi already doesn't talk and Paul Judge doesn't seem like much of a leader. You imagine Russell Westbrook on that team with those guys? Plus the PG-13 uh, and, and Westbrook combination oh, yeah. didn't work out too well in OKC, right? I think that's right. probably why Paul George wanted out, uh, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. That's one of the factors why he wanted out. So now you bring over Westbrook, um, so you may run into some problems there. Kawhi may be able to keep some of that in check, maybe, but his personality, like you just mentioned, isn't really necessarily to speak up and be vocal. So that could be a problem. Um, and it's not too many teams that I think these guys could, could fit into from a, a financial standpoint and a, a personality standpoint. Talk about skills, you could fit them in on a, almost any team in the league um, from a talent perspective. But I think uh, Westbrook may end up going through one of those Carmelo type of situations where he's going to have to learn, and I don't know if he's capable, but he's going to have to learn to kind of change his demeanor, change his role, which right now, I think he may be even too young. He, he's still in the mindset of I'm the man, period, I think. It's going to be hard for him to do a wall, maybe uh, given the injuries, maybe forced to kind of realize that hey, I need to take a back seat, at least until I can prove that I'm healthy and I can still uh, play at that level again. But yeah, it's going to be difficult for those guys, I think. Other than them going to, to each other's team, I mean, just looking at some teams, I mean, maybe the Pacers, maybe the Pistons. I mean, those are teams that the point guards they ain't really standing out. Pacers got Pacers, Pacers got uh, the kid from Milwaukee. Uh, Brogdon, right? Oh, yeah, yeah so they're not going to do it. The Pistons, yeah, maybe. I can see maybe, uh, I don't know about necessarily the fit per se, but I can see the Raptors because, like you said, I can see them eventually going into desperation mode. Kyle Lowry, I think he's he's still serviceable, but he may be on his way out. I think that would be a good, that would actually be a good deal possibly for John Wall, where you could put Wall, Wall and Van Fleet together. That might not be bad or whatever. Mm. And I think Lowry would do well with Bill just because of the personalities. Russ, I still can't. <laughs> Russ is tough, but I, I could see I could see Wall doing well up there with Van Fleet. But I just couldn't see I couldn't see Russ I mean <laughs> Russ playing with with any of those guys. He, Lowry played so, with Houston. They must, I don't think they would mind having Lowry back. He has to go Russ has to go to a team like you said where it's clear cut, no questions about it. Uh that other player is the man, not you. Um, yeah. The only team, like I could see, uh, which they don't need them, but I could see teams like you would have to go to Golden State, right? Where it's clearly Steph's team, uh, which again, they don't need him over there, but he would have to go to a Milwaukee Bucks, right? Where it's clearly Giannis's team. He has to yep. go somewhere where it's clearly that other player's team. And no matter what you do, um, it, the likelihood of you supplanting them in that role is, is highly unlikely. And the reason why is he has to be forced into that mindset of, hey, um, I got to play more team ball. Because the guy can play. There's no doubt about that. But I think he uh, he's still caught up in the mindset of, I'm going to get mines first. 
right? I'm still a superstar, which yes, he's a superstar talent, but I think he, he's not necessarily always prioritizing uh, winning. Uh, you have to go to not to cut you off the odds. What about uh, mention your Spurs, right? Yeah, he doesn't necessarily fit into how they play, but they do need uh, star over there, right? I would say one of those two guys I could see maybe ending up on the Spurs in terms of the need for talent. I think they would. They, as as crazy as it sounds, I think they would go more with John Wall because I think I don't think I think. I think Russell Westbrook will probably cause Popovich to retire. <laughs> I think that will be the end because it basically any player that's ever disagreed with Popovich or didn't follow what the program was, they got traded away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, sure. you get Westbrook on that roster, it ain't gonna just be easy to get him in there for six months and get rid of him. You're gonna be stuck with him. Wall, I think he could do. Wall's problem is off the court. It's not his. It's not necessarily his personality in a way. Like he'll listen to a coach. Westbrook has got a coach killer. I mean, here's something interesting. You brought up Golden State. Man, when they lost Clay Thompson, but I'm looking at it. I mean, they they bought the Wiseman kid. They got Kelly Oubre. They got a full season with Andrew Wiggins. And we were just talking about teams that possibly gonna move up. I think. The Warriors are back in the playoffs, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I would say so. Um, assuming Wiseman lives up to the hype and no injuries. Um, I like the Oubre um, move. Getting him for what, I think like a, a late first round pick or something like that. Um, one of the reasons why I think they may have gotten him so cheap is he's a free agent at the end of uh, this upcoming season. but. Yeah, like you said, Clay Thompson went down, but I think they did a decent job of kind of sort of filling out that roster so far. Um, they haven't necessarily can't really replace a Clay Thompson as one of the top shooters, but I think they, I would say they're uh, back in the playoff uh, picture. Top five or bottom five? I would say probably if I had to guess, I would say more bottom five than top bottom five. five Clay, yeah. Top five probably. Bottom five without him, I would say. Yeah. So you see, so right now, both of you guys have the Warriors going to the playoffs this year. Yeah, I would say I'm looking at six through eight. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I'm not quite sure on that, man. I'm not ready no. to go there. No, I'm not ready. I to mean, go if there. Steph, if I, I mean, tell you, I think if Steph was healthy, you, they just started base more too. So you got, you got to figure right. They got Wiseman, then they had the other kid that used to play on Phoenix. Then he went to Cleveland, now he was playing well for them, the other center. He was playing real well for them. Mm-hmm. They still got um, the, what's it, the, the, a couple of guys that could shoot off the bench. You got Wiggins still, Wiggins. right? Wiggins. I think, I, believe it or not, I don't even think it's Oubre that's the key. I think Wiggins is the key. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think Oubre is going to be Oubre. The good thing about him is his personality is such that He's not going to go someplace and just change who he is to do it. Whereas Wiggins, Wiggins sometimes can hide in the shit, like hide in the background or something. And that's not what they're going to need. They're, for, they're, going, they're going to need both of those dudes to get over 15 points a game. Right. Yeah, they're exactly. not getting over 15 yeah. points a game. Right. You're right. They're not making no playoff. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, if I'm the opposing coach, I'm double teaming Curry every minute. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm scared absolutely. Lamar's on roster. I'm scared Draymond. Wiseman's a rookie, so he he's going through up, up and down as a rookie himself. Uber's a nice player, has good upside, but I'm not too scared as, as of yet. He ain't put together as of yet. Wiggins has been in the game long enough to put it together yet, hasn't done it yet. And plus, he'll be a second best player, a second best scorer on the team. Which, which we don't want him to be. We want to have Wiggins be a third or fourth best scorer on the team, not number two. And come right now into the season right now, he'll be a second best scorer on the team. So if I'm the opposing coach, I'm governing Steph Curry all night long. Yeah, you, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Steph. It, it's got to be. I mean, yeah. other teams would be crazy not to. You right. gotta, you gotta try to get the ball out of his hands and stuff like that. The thing is, I mean, what's really gonna, you know, laugh now. That I think about it, who really is gonna be a key factor is Draymond too, because remember he's part of the reason that KD's not there. If Draymond starts feeling like he could fill up the scoring gap and start getting outside of himself, that's gonna be a problem. If he goes in there and facilitates and gets these new kids involved and guys and, and embraces them, it'll be good. Cause I heard something crazy like the um. Did you hear that the general manager or the team president says something to Wiseman uh, is effective? Draymond yells at you is just because of something? I mean, I wouldn't even start off a relationship like that. Yeah, yeah. The that's fact how, that the team yeah. president is telling the, the kid that got drafted if Draymond yells at you, I mean, that's crazy. But one thing that makes it tough uh, to double team Steph is you must go on, you must plan on double teaming him off the ball because Steph he'll dribble right but he's he's not so much an ISO player he has the ability to do it but they 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 run a system that's a lot of ball movement right guys cutting back door and which is why Draymond right that's where Draymond comes in is he plays that point forward role as a facil- uh, facilitator so it's going to be hard to to double team a Steph um, given the way they play, they don't really put them at the top of the key and have them do like uh, pick and rolls like a lot of a lot of other teams. Mm-hmm. The thing with them, I would say, is um, if you look at it right, I'm looking. You have the Denver uh, Nuggets. I would say is even though they didn't uh, really get better, I would say they may may have taken a step back. I would say they're still a playoff team, though, right? Safe to say, Denver, Minnesota is questionable, right? Um, right. I don't necessarily have them penciled in for the playoffs. Anthony Edwards is obviously a nice pick. Yeah. We had the, the number one pick in the draft. Um, so they, they considering if they stay healthy, they may be a fringe playoff team, maybe. You have OKC, who probably won't be in the playoffs, right? Because no. they won CP3, they made all type of, they basically gutted the roster. Yeah. You have um, the Utah Jazz, right? Who will be in the playoffs again. Yeah, they right. We just spoke on Golden State, so let's skip them. Then you have the Clippers and, and the Lakers, right? Who are yeah. two wins for the playoffs? Phoenix is probably now a playoff yeah. team, I would say. Yeah. Sacramento, no, not so much, right? I don't have Sacramento. Uh, yeah. Dallas, I would say, is probably a playoff team. Yeah. Human Porzingis can uh, stay somewhat healthy. I don't know if they make the playoffs if Porzingis is missing significant time. Which yeah. you have Dallas, you have Houston, who nope. yeah we don't know what's gonna yeah be. we don't know what team <laughs> who's gonna be on the team. So right. <laughs> is a toss up there. You have Memphis, right? The Grizzlies. I don't have yeah. that penciled in. 
Oh, they may make it right. It depends, but I don't have them right now as a playoff team. Yeah. And you have the Pelicans and the Spurs. That's that's your Western Conference right there. Yeah. The Pelicans, I can see maybe if they put it all together, right? Maybe squeezing in. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily pencil them in as a playoff team. And then uh, the Spurs we mentioned didn't really do anything. They may be no. able to squeeze in, but they're not like title contenders. But if no. they still have DeRozan on the roster, a healthy LaMarcus Aldridge, they may be able to squeeze in. But if you think about it, who in the West are shoe-ins for the playoffs? Uh, Reed, you mentioned Portland? Yeah, Portland, I would say, is a shoe-in, right? Given uh, with Lillard and, I mean, and Dame bringing Carmelo back, they made some other moves. But they're a playoff team. So you have them, you have the Clippers, the Lakers. Um, I would say Dallas, probably. That's four. Who do we have? That's a shoe-in. Phoenix is borderline, right? I would say Phoenix may get in. Six, six teams. You got the Lakers, the Clippers, Utah, Denver, and Portland. And then, wait, that's probably it. Those yeah, that's five. Right? Yeah, that's the five. Lakers, Utah, Denver, Portland. And I think the other three spots is up for grabs, probably. It depends on who's on Houston, who's on the Rockets. And, I, I mean, out of those teams left, I, I would give Phoenix the edge. Well, actually, yeah, I get Phoenix, Golden State, and probably um, – Phoenix, Golden State, and maybe Memphis the edge, and maybe maybe uh, Dallas too, right? Depending on. Oh no, Dallas. You know what? As a matter of fact, yeah, I put Dallas in there. Take it down to two, and I, I'm looking at Fe- at a Phoenix, Golden State, and New Orleans as the the last two out of the last two there. But I don't think I think the Spurs they they it'll be incredibly tough if they make it. I'll be really surprised if they make the playoffs. And the Memphis and the Spurs are kind of in the same boat. But uh, New Orleans, I mean, if, if Zion improves and Steven Adams can be Steven Adams, they got a good shot. Phoenix Phoenix is almost like a shoe-in. Phoenix is definitely, definitely going to take a step forward. But, going back to, like, uh, Westbrook and, and Wall, could you see a team, uh, well, two teams, could you see maybe the Cavaliers or, or the Bulls taking a flyer on either one of them? Because those teams are, like, in need of some star talent, too. I mean... I can see, as, as crazy as it sounds, I can see Cleveland reaching on Westbrook because I think it's a good thing to draw fans. And I think I think if, if I was Houston, if I was Houston, I would I, they would absolutely have to give me back um, Darius Garland and was and probably one of those dudes they drafted too. But I I would let them keep Sexton, whatever, because he's an undersized two guard too, and I would definitely want Garland. Which is Garland and something else. They, you have to bounce. Oh, I can tell you who's going to be. It'll be Garland and Kevin Love. That's who it'll be. Yeah, to make the salaries match, right? Yeah. It might not be too bad of a deal for for him. Either that or him, or him and Drummond. That's the only two people that the salaries work really. Mm. So it might be that. But I, I would. I don't think Chicago would do it because I think um I think they got Kobe White and I think they pretty much you know sold on that. I don't think Chicago I think Zach Levine is a big enough star for that team to help them put people in the stands and I think they're between Markinen and Carter. They got the makings of a decent team so they can get people to show up. Cleveland is like a, is kind of like, their roster is kind of a mess. You got Sexton and Garland and then you got you got um, Love and, and Drummond and you got Nance and who, who did they draft just now? Um, Williams or oh, who did they draft? 
they drafted Williams, right? Yeah, I think Pat went with those. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah they drafted Williams, so their roster's kind of. And then they got the other kid that got got arrested or something. Um, that he plays pretty well. I think he's a two guard. Uh, Porter Jr., right? Porter yeah. Jr., yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so what? Oh, they drafted uh, Cleveland, that is, drafted a Coro with the fifth pick. A Coro yeah, for the so, state. So I guess he's going to be a small forward. So their, their roster is kind of like, is kind of, I can see them trying to possibly get a star. That, it, you know, it probably might, I couldn't see the Bulls doing it, though. But about Especially with Donovan, with Donovan there, I couldn't really see them see him doing that. He he's used to play. Like, remember, he coached the Magic's and they didn't really have a star. Then he went to Orlando. Then he went to OKC. And you know, Chris Paul's a star, but he's not like Chris Paul's personality is not to be that that overpowering egomaniac star where it's got to be me and all this other type of stuff. I don't know if Billy Donovan would want to deal with a Westbrook or something. But he, Westbrook's kind of pigeonholed himself in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Was Billy Donovan already, already paired with Westbrook in OKC? Yeah, so he knows all about that. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah, <laughs> might not be the best again. You know? Nope. What nope. about uh, like Detroit? I know they just drafted Killian Hayes, but they need that star power. Oh, no, they would do it. Uh, Detroit is one team that I believe would take either one of them. <laughs> where's the Rose at, though? Is he free agent or he still signed with Detroit? No, he still left. He still left. He played good I, last I believe, year. I believe that Detroit would take either one of them just because they they got they trying to do something over there. I mean, they already flopped on the um Blake Griffin deal, so mm. I couldn't believe they got like Christian Wood go and signed all those other B level centers. That yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so I can yeah, see that on it. I think Orlando is in search of some type of star power. So I could see one of those teams asking for for a salary match, asking for uh, Vucevic back, right? Yeah. Be including maybe one of those guards, Fultz or whoever yeah. they want. Yeah, Fultz or Anthony with Vucevic. Yeah, I could see that. That's a good one. I could see that. That's nice. I mean, I that actually would be, be good for Houston. <laughs> it would, man. Yeah. Pull out off. Or, or Washington, if they could pull out off. Mm. I mean, if I'm Washington, I think I would want Fultz and not not Anthony, because I think Fultz and Fultz, well, Fultz is from there. He'd love to go there. So if you get Fultz over there with Vucevic playing over there with Thomas Bryan and Hachimura and Beatrins and stuff, they'll they'll become a lot better. That'll be a good deal for them. So yeah, I can see those teams maybe reaching but, for Westbrook. You know what? There is a there is a deal out there because I heard Orlando's Orlando's been shopping um Aaron Gordon for for a couple of years now. Yeah, that's true. And he this in terms of salaries, right? He he's a a salary match for either one of those guys close to it. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's in the, in the twenty million or something. So if you could put him with a if you put him with a couple of good decent players, like I wouldn't I wouldn't give up on guys like the um the guy like the guy that's hurt. I wouldn't give up on him or give up like on Pomble and those type of guys because I think they have talent. You know, but Fultz is Fultz is a good game. Gordon, if I could get it done for Fultz and Gordon without putting Vucevic in there, I would definitely do it. Yeah, that, that, that's like a good fit though because they got Mo Pomble and, and Kid Isaac for the yep. state too. Mm-hmm. So I can see them trying to, I guess, uh, make it expendable. 
for either either one of you guys. It may yeah. do it. It's a good fit. You never know. It's a good fit. Yeah. I wanted to to jump back to the Pelicans as I'm sitting here thinking. We mentioned Lonzo Ball earlier, and then uh, whether they would keep him or not. But like we mentioned earlier, they added Lewis, and one person we forgot to mention is is Bledsoe. Right? Isn't he? Mm. Yeah. he over there too. So now you have Lonzo, you have Lewis, and Bledsoe. I think somebody has to go. I think if they can move him, it'll be Bledsoe. And and here's the thing: you better you better call up Tibbs and them right now, and tell them not to do it. <laughs> you better you better get on the next hotline. And tell That's them right. Don't do it. Austin Rivers and Dennis Smith with all of them right off the top. Y'all gonna make Bledsoe available? They'll trade Alfred Payton and um, Alfred Payton and Austin Rivers to get Bledsoe or something crazy like that. I'm telling yeah. next to uh, hang up the phone. I don't. I don't want Bledsoe at all. Yeah, the, the, I mean yeah. they're gonna be trying to yeah. pull Bledsoe off all over the league in a couple of weeks. So that yeah, that makes a. It's gonna get interesting over there with the Pelicans because one of those point guards I think has to move ideally, like you said, is Bledsoe. Because of the salary, his uh, yeah. he's not old, but his his age on that team, he's he's older than them, so his timeline doesn't necessarily match. Oh, we we forgot a we forgot a potential spot for him. If, if um if New Orleans is willing enough to give up a first round pick, he'll be on OKC next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much of their stashing, yeah, they'll take him. Yeah, what what do y'all think of that? Because I think it's crazy. I mean, they gonna they gonna have a twenty pick twenty picked in the next four years or five years or something. I mean, is that going to be enough to make the playoffs or win a championship or something? Or are they going to have to pawn these picks off for actual talent? What do y'all think of that whole crazy thing? I think uh, <laughs> I think at some point as good as a job as Presty is doing, collecting these assets, I think at some point they may have to get rid of them. Presty, that is and get somebody who could actually use these assets because I, I almost feel like Presty has become obsessed with just gaining assets. It's nice to have all these assets, all these picks, but eventually you have to cash in. Granted, I know he's, I'm assuming he's waiting for the right time to cash in, similar to what Boston did, right? With their big three, how they put Garnett and these guys, they use those different picks and Boston still has assets to this day, right? Yeah. But, to have 20-something first-round picks, obviously, there's no way you can have all of those guys suit up for your team, right? So you, yeah. you got to cash in at, <laughs> at some point. And I don't know if Presti, it, it, it almost seems like he doesn't have a direction for it. There's no rhyme or reason behind getting these assets other than to say, I have them. You, you got to move them at some point for somebody. And when he does decide, if it's him, when he does decide to cash in, you gotta cash these in for for a superstar. You can't cash these in and end up with, uh, yeah, we traded two of these picks for for Blake Griffin and start trying to add, you know patch a team together eventually because somebody is putting pressure on you. You you gotta get superstars out of twenty four picks over the next few years, twenty four first rounders that is. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a crazy strategy um, to just keep gaining assets without using them. I think he's taking on purpose <laughs> while still trying while still trying to build around uh, Alexander. And I think he's taking trying to get Chet Holmgren on Monty Bates in the next two years. That's what I, I see. 
I can see that. Make, and, that's what I think when I say right now. That's his goal. Really like one, the give me the both for one or two kids. And right now, he's on track for the next uh, 24 months to get either both <laughs> or one or two. <laughs> and right I now, really like I like what kid. he's doing. He likes the Brian Boston kid from um, from Kentucky. I know he likes him. Mm-hmm. And I know he likes the Jalen Green kid. They, I mm-hmm. mean, if he's smart and he could pull it off, what he would start doing is like, okay, 2021 is supposed to be a good drive. Let me see if I could get somebody in the top five to let me give him two of these 2024 joints with his, this top five. That's what he should be trying to do. Like, hold them until you find a good drive. So, okay, 2021 is going to be really good. I need to get two of these top 10 picks in here. Let me start pawning off some of these. Right. 2020 is going to be good. Let me try to get two of these. That's what I think. I'm going to turn 20 picks to, to, to five or six good ones. I think that's what he's trying to do, but I, it almost smells like uh, like trust the process or whatever. Hanky, yeah, that's what he's right? But like uh, uh, on steroids, right? <laughs> feel to it. He has more more assets, but you gotta cash in at some point, you know. He he's yeah. got a good deal though, cause he's willing to take a bomb in return. That's his whole thing. Like, listen, you know what? I will, I want your pick, and you know what? Give me one of your high priced bombs. Let me just take him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's been doing that's been uh, smart. Is he's been able to like when he takes these contracts on. Usually they're not other than I guess Hawford, you could say. Yeah. Uh, usually these guys aren't there much longer. Long. Flipping them again. You know? I'll right. tell you right now, if if he told the Knicks to give him a first round pick in twenty twenty three, Julius Randle will be on OKC next week. <laughs> agree. I agree. <laughs> and and I mean it'll and you know it's funny people laughing, but it'll be good for the Knicks too because they'll free up that cap space for next year, and it, it'll work. So it, it helps the other teams just as much as it helps him. I actually think it helps the other teams better because they actually have a strategy. He really doesn't have a strategy. But mm-hmm. I, I would be trying to package those picks like, like listen, if, if next year OKC should be in a, they're going to be in the lottery. That's that's not it. That's a given. So Plus, you, you know what? One thing we're not factoring into this is if I'm a player over there, if I'm Alexander, no. and I see all this movement, am I looking over my shoulder or do I even want to be here? Because every year he's playing with different teammates, right? Well, because you got to figure he's doing like they might think of him as a piece, but the part, the bad part about that is, let's say you draft these two kids from twenty twenty one. Alexander, remember Alexander wasn't a young freshman; he was like 20, 20 years old, twenty one. I think he might be twenty two now or something. You get these kids coming in; they're gonna be nineteen. So he might be the two guard of the future, but. If, like you said, if they can get Chet Holmwin or Mikey Williams or one of these other dudes, Mikey Williams is going to come in there and be the starting point guard. Brian Boston is coming. He's going to be the starting small forward. Holmgren's going to be the powerful. They not. He, this guy's not going to draft these top high school and top college guys to come in and sit the bench. Because then it's going to look even crazier. You know, just saved all these picks to get these top players to sit down for these old dudes. Plus, the, the other piece to that is... Uh... There's a lot of times, every once in a while, yeah, you get somebody, one of these rookies, young uh, guys who come in and they they make a significant impact right away. But a lot of times it takes them a year, two years, three years. 
especially big men, sometimes you'll get the guards who come in and they make an impact right away. And even that is not a given, but you have all these picks, you bring in a, a Jalen Green, let's say. I think the guy is gonna be good, barring any significant injury, but how long is it gonna take him to be good? Is it gonna take him a year to develop two years? So now that that process that you went through of gathering all these assets and waiting for Jalen Green, you're gonna have to wait another two years for him to develop. Now, if I'm Alexander, do I want to stick around for that? Or do I just want to move on to a team? Because now, think about it. We're talking about Jalen Green, a guy, and speaking of Jalen Green, he went an unconventional route, right? Isn't he going to the G League or? Yeah, he's a G League. Yeah, he's going to the G League. Uh, so, I mean, if you're Alexander or whoever else they bring in while they're going through their version of trust the process, do you stick around for that to play itself out? I mean, I think I think what's going to end up happening to him is sad to say is that when it comes down for that second contract where he can get that super max or max thing, they're going to trade him for picks too. They're not going to pay him no $165 million to play on OKC. Yeah, they're a small market team. Yeah. Right? They have all these picks, so in theory, you're easily replaceable because we could get Jalen Green or Yamaha, <laughs> right? Yeah. And get one of these other players in theory to replace you. So that, I think that's the, the, the risk you run with, like going with this strategy. I think uh, the Sixers version of it was a, a, a little better because they, they didn't comp- constantly keep just gutting the team over and over and over. <laughs> Once they got Embiid and Simmons, that was kind of like, all right, we're solidified yeah. now. Now we can so do uh, does like OKC look at um, Alexander that way. All right, we're solidified with the point guard position. Next year, if we get another piece, we're solidified. Or like you said, do they go around, oh, we got to flip Alexander now for another two, two first rounders or when does it end? I mean, makes sense. I think, I think for OKC, I think OKC got the same thing that Jay Z said. Remember when Jay Z said, "Motherfuckers thought they made hove, now make another hove." He looking, yeah. he looking for another Durant, another Harden, another Westbrook. He yeah. looking to make it again. Oh yeah. I did it before. I'm gonna do it again. Nah, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna happen. Now. Mm-hmm. You lucked out. That's that's never gonna happen again. Yeah. You gonna drive consecutive drives Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Yeah, that's three MVPs. Yeah, uh, future MVPs. I guess he figured he could do it again. He gonna get like you said, Imani Bates, Chet Holmgren, and Brian Boston in three straight mm-hmm. drives. So he must go have. He's gonna keep tanking like Theo said. He must go have number one, number one, and number one. Mm-hmm. They they may have enough assets to to you know, <laughs> possibly pull it off with all these picks. But as a fan of that team, at some point, you know, you want to see them actually look to, to um, progress instead of waiting, waiting. And I think that's a part of like being a Knicks fan. That's that's like, as a Knicks fan, I'm already hearing about next year. I don't want to hear next year before the season even starts. We're talking right. about the season before the season starts. <laughs> After a while as a fan, you know, that becomes discouraging. And I think uh, OKC, they may be able to get away with it over there because it's a small market. Um, but yeah, it, it's a risky strategy, I would say. 
let me tell you, liking the Spurs is the same way. You know what the Spurs is talking about? The Spurs talking about the trade deadline. Talking about, yeah, we could flip the Rosen and Aldridge at the trade deadline. See, they ain't started. They talking about flipping players at the trade deadline. So that ought to show you what they thinking about whether making the playoffs. They just try to dump the team at the door. Look, because they both on last year. Um, the Rosen's on the last year's deal, so it's Aldridge. Like I seen uh, in the New York media, I already seen like the Post and these different newspapers saying, uh, "Get ready for the, the like Cade Cunningham. Uh, <laughs> get, get ready for him to be running the point next season. He hasn't even started yet." And we're talking about, you know, <laughs> next year's draft. Oh man! But I will tell you this: the Knicks, the Knicks should have a end with Kentucky now. I will tell you that much. They got a big time in with Kentucky players now. And it's already showing, right? Noel, Kentucky, yep. right? Randall, Kentucky. Yep. Uh, Knox, quickly. Kentucky. Knox, quickly, Quick. yeah. Yep. Uh, not to mention the coach, right? Payne, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the guys they were interested in, who Maxi, right? They didn't get him, but yeah. uh, he was Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, he was high, high on, their, on their board. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, Kentucky is is definitely uh, Kentucky in the whole CAA pipeline, which is why yeah. everybody keeps talking about down the line. Who knows, Devin Booker, right? Yeah, and I mean, all Anthony Towns or whoever. But yeah, Kentucky seems to be uh, the Knicks seem to be like with heavy ties to Kentucky. Yeah, which isn't a bad strategy if you think about it. No, they get the top recruits. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not a bad strategy, um, but it goes back to a similar strategy to OKC of the waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, the waiting game. So now, are we supposed to wait in New York for the next big Kentucky uh, prospect to maybe come over to New York? We're already talking about when Devin Booker is a free agent, he may come <laughs> to the Knicks, and he just signed the max deal what last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We already waited, trying to wait him out four years to when he's he may think about coming. I mean, they, the Knicks, you know what? The Knicks should just try to build with the young guys in the draft because the Knicks did that. Remember, they did that twice with LeBron when he first left. When he first left Cleveland, we was waiting. Then when he went leaving Miami, they was waiting. I mean, LeBron, according to the Knicks, LeBron was supposed to be there two times already. KD was supposed to sign there. Kyrie. Well, well the, you know the Knicks messed that KD thing up though themselves by by not wanting to give him the max money. Talking about some injury report or something. Remember that one? Yeah, after the Achilles. Injury, yeah, right. That's James Dolan. Yeah. Don't worry, he keep going. They're gonna have a fire to own a billboard out again this year. But I do think uh, the Knicks have they made some smart moves. I think a lot of the fans are questioning some of their moves because they haven't made typical Nick moves. Yeah. Usually by now we would have probably overpaid uh, Gordon, right? We would have been the ones to give Gordon that 120 million. I think if it was bills yeah. in there, we would have probably. Uh, had Terry Rozier, right? Because wasn't uh, Mills pushing for like a Terry Rozier trade? Yeah. Trade deadline. He may have been trying to flip Randall, so that might have been in terms of salary a wash there. Um, but I think the Knicks seem to be somewhat on the right track in terms of um, not making these big moves um, and overpaying guys. 
But at the same time, uh, I would like to see them eventually get, and maybe we already have them on the roster. Maybe it is RJ Barrett or now Toppin or Mitch. But I do think at some point we got to get somebody with some star power in there, at least one player. I don't see players lining up anytime soon to come play with RJ Barrett, you know, unless he has a breakout season. Or, or Mitch for that matter. Mitch may be able to tra- attract a little bit uh, more players at the moment, I would say, than RJ, not even because he's more talented or a better player, but his style of game, the lobs, the defense. So you don't have to put the ball in his hands to, to for him to be effective. Um, but yeah, I, I like the move the Knicks made, especially recently to Austin Rivers. I've been waiting for them to get a playmaker. I think he helps a lot. I like quickly. I like topping. So I, I think they're making the, the right decisions finally. So what's everybody's final word for, for for the NBA this week? What do you say, Theo? What's your final word in closing what you see from this week or what we've seen so far? As a league fan, just play the young boys. Tibbs has no history playing young boys. You'll be your new slate as a league fan and a Tibbs hater. Play the young boys, please. That's all. That's all. That's all I want. Play young boys. Let them guys throw me the fire. Let me get dunked on. Let me get crossed over. Let me, let me get zero points, five points. Let them guys go to the up and downs, man. They're too talented. Oh, we got talent. Quickly, quickly has talent as well. Now I don't know about power. You know what I'm saying? Power over the pen plays well. Why not though? But Ob, Mitch, RJ should be starting. That's all I know. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The uh, that's probably my closing as a Knicks fan too. Is is play the young team, the young players. I don't think there's too many. Uh, looking at that roster, I don't think last year. I think it was a little worse in terms of guys stealing minutes from the, the younger players. I don't think they necessarily have all the players this season to steal minutes away. I think maybe uh, I can see Peyton maybe taking away some of those point guard minutes that he shouldn't. Um, at the forward position, I don't really see or bigs in general. I don't really see too many older big men on the roster at the moment. No, Nerlens Noel, he's he's still young. He's only twenty five, so right. I think this is going to be forced to play a bunch of those young players. So I would agree with Theo, and I'm excited to see what uh, what the Knicks do. Okay. For me, again, you know, coming from New York, listen, I just want to see New York be good. You know, with hometown. Hometown, we'll say, um, fan, we'll say, we'd like to see the Knicks be good. So definitely play the young guys. I'm glad to see they didn't go out there and just fill up the roster with a bunch of old, old guys like usual to sit the bench. And the last thing, as a Spurs fan, do something. Just do, do anything. Because right <laughs> now you're working backwards. David Robinson and Tim Duncan is not showing up. Well, don't start tanking for Boston or any of this other stuff. Just do something. But again, listen, I'd like to thank you, Theo, and thank you, Kareem. Yes, sir. And then tonight, we'll have yeah. this conversation. I appreciate it. As again, another great time. And look forward to talking to you guys again next week.